The Radio Friends with Paul Pepper podcast is supported on KBIA by Moberly Regional Medical Center. From the flu to more serious health issues, the ER team at Moberly Regional has the knowledge and care to handle all types of injuries and illnesses. When you have an emergency, don't delay. Trust the ER team at Moberly Regional Medical Center at 1515 Union Avenue and at MoberlyHospital.com. Moberly Regional Medical Center. July the 22nd. We've got a very special guest with us today, Rick Baker. And Rick is a flight paramedic uh, with the Global, with University Hospital. You're part of the staff for life. You're also part of the Global First Responders. Uh, You were on this program about a month and a half, two months ago. Yes. With Adam Becker. Beckett. Beckett. Just before you left for Jordan to help Syrian refugees. Yes. And I was so fascinated and impressed by what you were going to do. I wanted you to come back and share that story with us. So you've been back several weeks now. Yes. How did that go? It was a very eye-opening experience. This was um, my 12th trip, so I, I thought I was prepared for some of the things that I was going to see. And in a lot of ways, I was. But... Um, as an American, I'm, I'm woefully un- undereducated on on the Middle East, the geography, the politics, the history, the religions there. Um, so I got quite an quite an education while I was going and, and helping. Totally different world. Very much so. What surprised you the most? Um, I was I was impressed by the attitude these people had. Um, as an example, here's a, one of the tent cities that we worked in. Uh, this camp is about five or 600 people. It's about 200 families that left the bigger camp so they could stay together as a tribe. Mm. And this picture that we have up right now is a tent city. If, if you want to see uh, what we're talking about, go to kbia.org, click on Radio Friends, and then watch the vodcast. And you've got some outstanding pictures. How many people are living in this tent city? In this one, there's about 500 and this is a, considered a very small camp. This was a fam- this is actually a tribe that broke away from the large camp so they could stay together and not get separated around around the Zadari camp. Th- these are their living conditions. Oh yeah, the it's tents. It's basically rugs on floor on on rock desert floor, and these are just tents. Um, since they separated, they're considered an unsanctioned camp by the United Nations, so they forfeit uh, uh, food support, medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, sanitation that they would have if they had stayed in, in the Zattery camp. Yeah. So these people had less than less than those camps did. How long How long were you there? We were there 10 days. And you were in Jordan? Yes, we were in Jordan. Helping Syrian refugees? Yeah. We were about five miles from the Syrian border several days while we were there working in different camps. You came in with some statistics here. 1,632 uh, medical Medical patients. Medical patients. 1,632 in that short period of time. You had 453 dental patients. You had, uh, you wrote prescriptions? Uh, 19, is that scripts? Is that what you mean? Yes, that's prescriptions. We handed well, out that well, Where do these people get their prescriptions filled? Well, I'll put up, I'll show you a picture. That'll be one of the pictures we put up is our pharmacy was out of suitcases. So wherever we go, we would just open up suitcases and have medicines divided do up. Have by, that, do you have that picture available? I'm sure. So I do. you took along all the medication that you were going to prescribe when you 
when you uh, took care of the patients. We did. So it's called a pharmacy out of suitcases. Essentially, yeah. Okay. If you want to see what we're talking about, there's that there's we just, It was in bags. It was, let's see if I have a better one. That's okay. Yeah. We just, yeah. we worked out of suitcases. Literally out of suitcases. Yes. This uh, Syrian pharmacist here, uh, she had, she was very, very well organized. It looked chaotic, but she knew exactly where things were and, and she knew exactly the the names of the medications that were different from how we recognize them in the States. Now, what would have happened to these people if you had not been there with your team? Well, they wouldn't have gotten any of this health care. These are people that hadn't had any health care in probably a year at least. Um, they would have continued to just, just survive. That's what they were doing before, and that's what they're going to do after. Sadly, a couple of these camps that we were at uh, got rounded up and forcibly taken back to the big camps uh, after we left. I mean, that was their whole reason for leaving. And then they got, um, in the middle of the night, the Jordanian army came and, and rounded them up and put them back into big camps. When, when you were there, were you ever concerned for your safety? Not once. Um, they did. We had translators and drivers with us. We had um, people from the local community there and... They understood very well, especially the elders of the community, that we are there to help them. So what, they, they did a good job of taking care of us. What do you think the biggest misconception is that you would like to clear up with people back here regarding people over there? Oh, that's tough because they're, they're all over the place. Um, we're bad about expecting that, that Arabs and Muslims are all associated with some of the bad acts that we see on TV. And that's, that's not the case. I mean, there are so many close connections between Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all these religions. There's, there's many more things that, that are the same. unite them than, than divide them. These are very uh, God-loving people. They were appreciative of what we were there to do and, and our efforts to help them. Um, all it takes, what you're telling me is that people are the same all over. It takes a couple of bad apples to spoil a whole group. It to, does. To give you a bad impression of a whole group. Yeah, we were, we were very much impressed by, by the strength of the community, the strength of the family that we saw there. These people, um, every one of them had a story that involved a loss of a family member, um, oppression by the government that they were, they were escaping. And every one of them still had a very strong sense of of looking out for each other, looking out for the children that were that were left behind. Uh, it's very patriarchal. So as as the morning would start, we would have have the the elders of the group or the elders of the family come and present who they wanted to be seen and when they wanted to be seen and that kind of thing. And the only real issue we ever had was controlling and letting them know everybody's going to get seen. So you, it doesn't have to be the rush. You right. Know, they felt such an urgency to get seen, and we wanted to make sure that they all knew they were going to get seen. And the language barrier kind of prohibited that at times. But When you left and you were on your way back home, did you feel a sense of fulfillment? In a small sense. Um, more likely we felt, most everybody felt, that not nearly enough is being done we wanted to go back and do more, you know, right from the from the moment we left. Yeah, um, it's it was depressing to to realize that these people that left their homes, left their their communities, 
and came to a tent city and then wanted to leave even that so they could be together. Or be but you've got, you've got to realize also that you did so much good. You helped so many people, and you've got to carry that with you. You will be traveling to Haiti later on this year for another yes, one? Yes, uh, the Global First Responder uh, site that, that Adam started, uh, one of our things is promoting future trips. Okay. So I'm going in Haiti are going to Haiti in September. Adam's taking a team to Ethiopia in November. Okay. And and we'll we'll keep in touch with you and have you come back again. Okay. All right. Bye-bye.